Blog Talk Radio. <coughs> <coughs> This is The Balance. We do this thing called The Balance every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10.30 or at 11-ish, 90 minutes to two hours. Today, we're going to run about two hours. Got a great show on for you, and I'm excited to talk to Adam Jividen, super Browns fan, super Buckeyes fan, super duper duper cash hit. Oh, yeah, and guess what? Guardian fan. Guardian of the Bronx is what we're calling the show today. Excited to, to talk with him about that. Uh, and Adam Jevin is also our college football co-pilot. We're going to be talking about the Browns, the Buckeyes. Uh, well, not really the Buckeyes. They're on the bye. But we've got a big game with Alabama and Tennessee uh, to talk uh, talk through. Also, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and Inside.com and our official NFL contributor, joins us to break down the NFL games, including, that's right, his... 5-0 and Eagles, and, well, the dismal 2-1 two, two and one Colts, who's got the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, at home. So we'll see what happens there. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast joins us as we're talking some NFL and NASCAR as the cars roll into Las Vegas, which, by the way, they were led into Las Vegas yesterday with the Bud Delizer Clyde, Clydesdale. Those things are amazing, aren't they? Uh, but also, guys, check it out. It's up, it's running, it's not perfect, but check it out. We're going to be making sure that we get it out there uh, throughout the entire show. The website is up and here and ready to go, www.balancesportscast.com. Our website is ready, live, and ready to go, and yes, yes, there's room for improvement, but hey, that's okay. My name is Don Mark with El Presidente. Stick around. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? 
Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at GoANG.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. No, they're winning my eyes. we It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been past their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. today a lot to talk about a lot to break down but uh first of all first of all we have live breaking news www.thebalancesportscast.com is live and ready for your viewing pleasure and uh Still got a lot of work to do on it, but uh, we, we will get there. Phase two, we'll have the shop up and running. Where you guys can order all the cool balance stuff. But joining us now, uh, the owner of the phrase, or really the owner of a phrase, or give us the idea of the phrase, respect the Woody, Adam Jividen. How are you, sir? Welcome to the balance. Hey, Tom. How you doing, man? Fantastic. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Only got you for a little bit of time today, so we're going to try to jam a lot in. But first of all, how exciting was it to watch the Guardians in the tenth uh, beat the New York Yankees? I have to admit, I was watching bits and parts of it uh, yesterday afternoon as Melissa and I 
We're out at Big Woods having some lunch and brews. Uh, but, man, good game, good, exciting game. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's always, I guess, you know, I, I, I fall in that category of a, of a Yankee hater. I have a lot of friends who are Yankee friend, uh, friends that are, that are Yankee fans. They may not be friends if I keep talking smack to them, but, hey, nobody can talk <laughs> smack like a New Yorker, right? Especially one from the Bronx. That's right. You, you, that's you right. Know, so the guardian of the Bronx. Yankees are a team that everybody that's not a Yankee fan loves to hate. Um, I hate the Yankees. I've hated the Yankees since I was – it was actually the Yankees were my first team that I ever just as a child. So the the hate is – Care from, to dive into that memory or is that, is that, is that too hard of a <laughs> – uh, It was just – it was just the, the Yankees, especially in the 90s, the Yankees and the Indians were just constantly dominating, you know, playing for, for, for AL dominance. Oh, yeah. And it always seemed like the, the Yankees always were one step ahead of us and – and buying the buying the best free agents and and things like that, especially under George Steinbrenner. So it, it just it 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 is it, how it is. And and I'll be honest, my 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 love for baseball has has tapered over the years, um, primarily because of how they choose to operate and not having a salary cap. I, I feel like it severely handicaps about two thirds of the field, um, but. You know, come October, that inner that inner child always remembers the Kenny Lofton poster I had on my uh, on my wall with the former Indian center fielder. So it, it's awesome. <laughs> now, the youngest team in baseball in the ALDS tied one one with the Yankees, headed back to Cleveland. You know, if we can take these two games at home. We're moving on to the ALCS, and nobody saw this coming at the beginning of the year. So it's, <laughs> It's really awesome. This is this is what we love baseball for. And again, unfortunately, because of how they are set up as a league, we don't get this as much as we used to, where the little guy comes up and and can do these things. They just they the owners owners in baseball just don't seem committed to winning as much as they do in other sports. No, I totally agree. And uh, I, I am still trying to wrap my mind around the name. I, in, in, I, I don't know. I guess it just I'm I'm just old school. I mean, I, I'm still wrapping my name around the the commanders, so or the commies or whatever you want. Yeah, to call them. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, but you know, it is what it is. I I can't tell you how many times I've had a Jose Ramirez red Guardians jersey in my cart, like on Amazon, and then I'm like, no. I don't need another jersey, and then like I'll inevitably be looking at it like three days later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's get into this, guys. Adam Jividen, our college football co-pilot. We do this college football Saturday, our version of it, uh, which is game day and the balance. So you know, let us start your games right here on the balance first thing in the morning if you're listening to us live. If, if you're listening to us on the podcast, you, you already know how smart we are because, hey, all the results that we're going to talk about have already happened. But let's start with the Big Ten. Number 10, Penn State. Number five with the team up north, as, as we affectionately call it here on the show. Uh, but Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines are at home with Penn State. This should be a classic matchup between two Big Ten powerhouses. Let's start with that game today. Uh, we don't have Ohio State to break down first, so 
We're going to unleash the beast within Adam to break down the Big Ten because we know how much he loves to talk about the team from up north, which happens to be at 6-1. and one. Yeah, you know, this is going to be an, a really good game. It's, and it's a litmus test, really, for, for both teams. So, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh and, and the Wolverines, they – they have seemingly they had the worst non-conference schedule in all of college football, the lightest non-conference schedule, and then they follow that up and they have played Indiana and Maryland, and both of those games were kind of uh, Maryland was moving the ball, had some really <laughs> questionable um, penalties, um, a couple just boneheaded mistakes, but Maryland. Aside from, I mean, just a couple of penalty-extending drives on defense was hanging stride for stride um, when they played. And then IU was tied with that team up north in the third quarter. Um, and this is this is very much a rebuilding year for IU when Michael Penix left for, for Washington. Um, mm-hmm. So this it, – it was surprising to see – how um, Jim Harbaugh and his squad would perform and live up to expectations, and they've been winning. But we mentioned it on the show, I believe it was last week. They're kind of winning ugly, where their starters are in the entire game, and they're maybe pulling away late against inferior opponents. Um and, and on the flip side, James Franklin and the, and the Penn State Nittany Lions, they are kind of a mixed bag as well. We know what they have at quarterback when they play Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford is is not going to turn the ball over a lot, but he'll turn the ball over some. Uh, he doesn't have a good arm. He doesn't have great pocket presence. He's not overly athletic. I have no idea why he's still their starting quarterback, if I'm being honest, because they lost Will Levis, who is performing phenomenally well at the University of Kentucky. He was Clifford's backup, and everybody was like, but your backup is actually better than your starter, and that's being, like, borne out right now. And then that is the exact – could be the same case right now as they have the number one quarterback in his class sitting um, as the backup for for Clifford um, as we speak, Drew Aller from, from Medina, Ohio. And so we don't know where these two teams stand. We know they're both strong on offense, running the ball. We know they're somewhat eh, throwing the ball, and they both possess strong defenses, both against the run and against the pass. Um, but again, we don't know entirely what they're made of because neither team has really played a great opponent. You could say, like, well, Penn State went to, 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 to Alabama and beat the pants off of Auburn. Absolutely, they beat the pants off of Auburn, but Auburn is terrible. So no one really <laughs> knows. Uh, and, and well, I'll tell you what, I think this matchup is going to determine who – will finish second in the East because I look at this matchup and neither team is beating Ohio State. 
Well, I, I don't disagree with that comment at all. Uh, but I, I do think on paper that Penn State and match up, uh, Penn State and Michigan match up really, really well. Two solid defenses, two uh, strong run games, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, okay uh, passing games on both sides of the line. But I, I still think this is going to be a game that's going to be close. Don't get me wrong. But after the two teams settle down, the two defenses do their part. I think when the dust clears, you've got the Michigan Wolverines with yet another win in the Big Ten. Uh, somewhere around 24 to, to 21. I don't have the spread up here. Where they, oh, yes, I do. You know what? Yeah. I am so good. <laughs> but it looks like the over and under is, is 49. So we'll see how that plays yeah, I, out. Um, I go think ahead. it's going I, – I see Harbaugh and the Wolverines coming out on top. For one reason, this game's at home. I think this is going to be one of those situations where it's almost like if it was in at uh, at Penn State, Penn State would turn out on top. Like it's it's very much a coin flip, um, but because it's in Ann Arbor, I think they come out on top. Are you with me? I, I'm here. I lost my ears for a second. So not literally. They're still attached to my head. But <laughs> my ear buzz, my, my, you know, it, 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 it died on me for a second. So I had to bring gotcha. it back to life. Can you repeat the last two sentences that you said, sir? Oh, yeah. I was just saying because I think this game is a coin flip, those games are often can, can often be decided by who um, plays at home. And this game is located in Ann Arbor, which I think is the tipping point um, for this game. Well, I'd like to say that this next game we're going to talk about is definitely our game of the week. Uh, you know, and you're kicked back and you're watching some afternoon football, you better have this game on number three, Alabama, at number t- uh, six, Tennessee. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, this is going to be a good one. And, and I think we're, we're going to certainly try our best to watch it ourselves. Here, Melissa's a big Tennessee fan, but uh, – if I were a college football novice, I might feel comfortable picking Tennessee to notch the win uh, in, in front of this frenzy crowd. But then I think, oh, God, oh, my God, we know Alabama and we know Saban. Or Satan, is it Saban or is it Satan? I don't know. I shouldn't say that. Nonetheless, <laughs> there have been plenty of times uh, when when the, when a team was ready to, to turn and corner down and take down the, the Titan. It just had to happen. I hope that the Vols have the firepower to prove recent history wrong. Uh, I think that, that Tennessee can win, but I'm scared to pick them, to be honest with you. I, I am scared to pick them, but I, I think I will uh, uh, check out the over and under on that uh, and see wh- where that lies about game time. But, man, you, can, you, just can't, you just can't eliminate Alabama in this game. But, man, you know Tennessee's going to be playing hard in that home and on national television. This is going to be a barn burner. <laughs> Yeah, I, this game to me really comes down to does Bryce Young play and is Bryce Young healthy? If Bryce Young plays mm-hmm. and if Bryce Young is healthy, Alabama wins. If Bryce Young doesn't play or if he plays and he's very obviously not 100%. I don't know if you guys remember back to when Tua was at Alabama. He was coming off of that uh, – he had like a knee injury in week three and they played LSU and he was very clearly not right. Um, 
and, and LSU got on Alabama quickly, put them in a big hole, and Alabama was able to make some throws and rally and get close. But Tua, it took him a whole quarter and a half to look how he had looked while he was down there in Tuscaloosa. And that could be the deciding factor on this game. Bryce Young, I checked before the show, is a game-time decision. Game, no coach wants a game-time decision for their starting quarterback in a top-10 matchup on the road. And I don't think this is mind games by Nick Saban. I think this is legitimately – we're not sure if he's going to feel good enough to play until we get off the bus. And if it's that close, I don't know that he fits into the camp of he can play and play well um, because he's, he's going to be restricted <clears throat> by an AC joint injury on his throwing shoulder. And Alabama already doesn't have – this isn't the same Alabama – team where they have, you know, weapons all over the field, like when they had, you know, Jalen Waddell and, in recent memory, um, to go along with Devontae Smith and all of those other teams. Or, you know, I, I just, I don't think this is that caliber offense that Alabama has had in recent memory where they can just loft it out to somebody on a you know, on a, on a wide receiver screen, and he can house it from 78 yards. Um, actually, I think the offense that has that is on the other side of the ball with the Tennessee Volunteers. But if Bryce Young is healthy, I think he is makes enough smart head plays to help them win what would be a close game. But if they have to rely on Milrow, um, who started last week against Texas A&M, I don't know how Alabama can survive this game. So I think, Tom, I think for our pick, I think we are allowed a caveat. Healthy Bryce Young, Alabama wins. Not healthy Bryce Young. <laughs> we, we got, we'll call it the Alabama Mulligan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, like well, it's, it's a, it's a, if it, if it, it's an if then chart, right? Uh, we yeah. if then chart. Well, I, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be rooting for the Vols today, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on over and get one more game in while we still have some time here, and uh, let's get over to Norman and Oklahoma, Kansas. It's in a much different situation, and certainly they're trying to look at being bowl eligible than usual. Heading in heading into Saturday's game at Oklahoma, the Jayhawks are having. Really a kind of a cool year, uh, opening the season with five straight wins. Uh, well, of course, they had last Saturday's loss to TCU with a victory against the Sooners. The 19th-ranked Jayhawks would be bowl eligible for the first time since 2008. And that's that's pretty exciting. And we think about yeah, Kansas as being a, a basketball school. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, Coach Lance is, is ready to make it happen. And, uh uh, you know, we haven't talked about Notre Dame. Maybe we can get it, that in here in just a moment. Rick Riggins up there at Notre Dame. Uh, but I, I digress. I don't know why I, I do, but squirrel, you know, something. I don't know. But uh, let's talk about the Jayhawks at the Oklahoma Sooners. The Jayhawks 5-1, and 2-1 and one in, the, in the conference. They're in the Big 12 Conference. And the Sooners, well, they're not doing anything soon, that's for sure. 3-3 three and 0-3 three and, oh and three in the conference. Uh, what do you think about this game? 
Yeah, I mean, I want to get through this quick because there's one more I want to talk about, and that's Oklahoma sure. State TCU. So sure. I think I I am I think that the, the, the hot seat is already going to start heating up in Norman when Kansas wins. Um, you know, they brought in Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator from Clemson, and I I I think this transition has been a lot rougher than anyone anticipated after they got absolutely annihilated by Texas last week in the Red River rivalry. Um, I think Kansas wins this game. They've got a well-rounded team. They lost that game to to TCU in the final second. So I'm looking at this going, you know, Kansas almost is 6-0, and TCU is still only ranked like 13th, which is absolutely just ridiculous on behalf of the voters. Like, what are you guys looking at? Um, but uh, I, I do. I think Kansas wins. I think Kansas wins in Norman, and I think at falling to and three and uh, and O and what O and three or O and four in conference to start his career. I mean, I I could see Venables kick to the curb after one year. Do I think he will? No. But you're going to start hearing those rumors swirl um, around. Maybe we picked the wrong guy. Uh, maybe we should have gone after uh, Matt Campbell from Iowa State or something like that. But I do. I think Kansas wins. Well, we'll see what happens. Okay, last game of of the the week, because we know you have got to bolt. Oklahoma State, number eight against number three, TCU. Oklahoma State's identity has changed into more of a defensive-minded squad that can grind out low-scoring games. However, their defense has taken a step back this year, and TCU is looking pretty doggone good. Uh, like really probably one of the most exciting offenses in the country right now. This game should be should keep the uh, the scoreboard guy. Well, I guess they don't have scoreboard operators anymore. But if they had one, he'd be pretty busy. Uh, forty five. I think TCU wins over, over Oklahoma State around forty five forty in that in that ballpark. Yeah, TCU. Their offense is one that Sonny Dyke, who has had <clears throat> tremendous offenses everywhere he's gone brought to TCU, and my gosh, they are off and running. And again, to your point, Oklahoma State has hung their hat for the last several years on defense, but their defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, who kind of was the maestro of that defense, is now in Columbus with my Ohio State Buckeyes, leading our defense from being one of the worst in the country to one of the best in the country, seemingly overnight. Um, I I am all in on Sunny Dykes and the TCU Horn Frogs. They are Super fun to watch. This game is at the exact same time as Alabama, Tennessee. So I will be recording both of them and toggling back and forth. Um, it's going to be super, uh, super exciting. Really, really fun to watch. Um, I've got, I, for the sake of, as we like to talk about chaos, Tom, I want TCU to win. I want TCU to win real bad and finally start to get the respect that they deserve. Being undefeated, they're undefeated and ranked 13th, which is just just dumb. Um, so I want them to win, and I want them to win well, and vault their way into the top 10. What will be interesting is if TCU wins over a number uh, eight um, Oklahoma State squad who is also undefeated, and let's just say Alabama loses. Does TCU vault over Alabama in the polls? Because in my opinion, they should. 
because you haven't Alabama has beaten nobody ranked. TCU now has a better win than Alabama does, but we'll see. Um, this is we're starting to get to that point in the season where every week there are must-watch games, and we are there with two of them today. So buckle up; it's going to be a really exciting Saturday. You, we've got college football in the afternoon, early afternoon, baseball at night, and then coming up here <laughs> next week is the start of the NBA season. This is the best time of the year. We have college football, we have NFL, playoff baseball, and NBA. It doesn't get any better. And I tell you what, it doesn't get any better. And you can follow it all along on, the, on our new website, guys. If I said that it's launched and ready to go, www.thebalancesportscast.com. Adam, we definitely appreciate you. You have yourself a good Saturday, and we'll, uh, and make sure you uh, text me over your NFL picks for tomorrow so I get them up. Will do, man. You guys have a good one. All right, buddy. We'll see. Everybody have a great weekend. All right, buddy. Thanks. Adam Jeminen, super, super Browns fan, super duper uh, uh, Cavs fan. And, oh, yeah, he's a freaking Guardian fan and who beat the Yankees yesterday in the 10th. That's crazy. I love it. I love to hate the Yankees. Does that make me a bad person? I don't know. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Don't put your name on me. Take a look in the mirror. What do you see? Do you see it clearer? Or are you deceived? In what you believe? Because I'm only human after all. And you're only human after all. Don't put the blame on me. Don't put your... I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got maids. Ow, they're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? 
You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Back to the balance, and yes, that's breaking news. Breaking news here on the balance. Make sure you check out our new website, up and running. So excited! Yes, haters will be haters. There's there's some perfection that's not there yet. We know it, but we are just so excited to talk about it. Go to www.thebalancesportscast.com and check out our new website. It's live and ready to go. Another person who is live and ready to go. I don't know if he's quite alive yet. Is Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. How is you, sir? I'm, I'm doing good, Tom. I'm still uh, basking in the glow of that big Phillies win yesterday, man. That was uh, Hallelujah. I was going to talk to you about that. I, I tell yeah. you what, wouldn't it be something if, if, if the Phillies and the Guardians get into the World Series? That'd be, that'd be a crazy – May not be the highest rated uh, World Series ever, especially uh, since we know what happened with Judge and, and the record that, that he, he broke with the Yankees. Uh, but uh, I tell you yeah. what, I, I've got a lot of friends who are Yankee friends, uh, fans. I, I've got some fit colleagues and stuff that live in the Bronx. And, you know, forget about it, all right? Just forget about it. Go going to World Series, all right? Forget about it. <laughs> what? What a great game it was with the Phillies. The Phillies and the Braves. You know, Rick Riggins is a big Braves fan as well, so he's kind of been talking smack about the Braves. Everybody in the National League has been talking smack to me because, you know, I thought for sure that my St. Louis Cardinals would at least be still alive at this point, but they are not. Congratulations to the Phillies. Hey, go ahead and, and give us your, your Phillies breakdown. You haven't done that very much in, in, the, in recent times, so give, give us a, a Phillies breakdown of the playoffs, sir. No, well, it's been 11 years since they've been in, so yeah, uh, that that predates our time together, Tom. That's for sure, um, but not Very by much. Sure. I mean, not by no, much. No, right? Is that by much at all? Right, but um, yeah, it's just exciting and silly, man. That place yesterday, I mean, it was just so loud and rocking, and um, you know, life is good when the Philly teams are doing good. Let me tell you, in Philadelphia. Um, you well, know, with the Phillies and the Eagles sitting at five and zero, and now the Phillies one game away from moving on to the NLCS, and that's really kind of remarkable. And uh, I don't know. I think that crowd yesterday really lifted them up. I mean, the Phillies have been on the road for like three weeks at the end mm-hmm. of the season. They had a 10-game road trip to close out the year, and then they went straight to St. Louis to, to play that series against your Cardinals, and then they went right to Atlanta. So, you know, they were away for three weeks, and they were I think they were dragging, you know, coming home, and mm-hmm. they ran some errands on Friday, first time back home, and – you know, three weeks, and they 
he came out and that crowd really was just gave him so much support. And I think that really lifted him up and they scored nine runs and they just blasted the doors off of the Braves. And now Atlanta's got to win. They want to keep their season alive. And listen, they're the defending champs. They're tough. They, they've got oh, a yeah. really good lineup. They can hit the ball. And now we're down to the, each team's like third or fourth starter. And um, that we'll see who's better. I mean, I still think it's going to go five. I think it's, you know, it's still going to go back to Atlanta for tomorrow, uh, for Sunday, but, after what I saw yesterday in Philadelphia, man, if that place is uh, rocking again, which I'm sure it will be, um, it's going to be tough for the Braves. Well, it's going to be real tough for the Braves. But, you know, I don't want to jinx anybody, but how exciting would that be for the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl and the Phillies to go to the World <laughs> Series and both of you you guys get a trophy? Uh, man, that city's going to go well, that city's going to go crazy. And you, and you know uh, what, though? I, it's good, though. I, I, was just, I was talking to Melissa about this yesterday, yesterday or the day before. This is good that – Good stuff is happening in Philadelphia because, you know, outside of the sports world, it's just Philadelphia. It's just been getting a bad rap. Uh, so this is good for the city. It's good for everybody in the city, you know, because of, you know, all the bad stuff that Philly's been getting a bad rap for. And they're not the only city. They just happen to be one of many. But, yeah, don't you think yeah. it's just great lift for the city? The city's morale. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Jason Kelsey, the Eagles center, was asked about it, you know, what it means when teams like in Philadelphia are winning. And he said he read a stat somewhere, and I, I didn't check this, but he said, you know, and it's a weird, it's a, you hate to say this, but like domestic assault and crime and things like that are decline when the sports teams are doing well. And, you know, that I, I could certainly see that being true. I don't, I haven't checked that, like I said, but that's what Kelsey said. Makes sense. Uh, and his words carry a lot of weight. In Philadelphia, let me tell you. But uh, you know, I don't no want to take myself right? either, Tom. But <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, big offensive lineman. But uh, yeah. as far as the Eagles and Phillies, you know, going to the championship games and stuff in 1980, and you know, I'm dating myself here. I was still in my teens, but uh, you know, the Phillies won the World Series. The Eagles were in the uh, Super Bowl against the Raiders, and the Flyers were in the Stanley Cup Finals. So. Uh, you know, the, those were the heydays, the late 70s, 1980, 81-ish, when I was still in my teens. I mean, th- those were the heydays of, of Philadelphia sports. And then the Sixers, three years later in 1983, won an NBA championship. So they were good with Julius Irving and Moses Malone. So, uh, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. There's still plenty of football to be played for the Eagles to uphold their end of the bargain. And the Phillies are nine wins away from winning the World Series. So, you know, <laughs> it's hard to believe. It's super exciting. Talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com. Our number is 917-889-8516 if you want to join in the conversation. Let's talk about your Eagles and some of the things that are that are really going on. And you guys got the Cowboys. You're on the you're on the road or – no, you're, you, you hold, you're at home. home. You're at home. Yeah. Yeah, right. okay. Against the Cowboys, uh, the over-under is 42. Uh, but I tell you what. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm still on the streak with the Eagles, uh, but uh, I, you know I can't wait to see how Jalen Hurt plays against you know a loaded Dallas defense uh, tomorrow night. Let's break this down. Uh, bring out your your handy dandy reporter notebook and, and and talk with us about the Philadelphia Eagles and the matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, your friendly foes. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, you know. Sunday night game, again, the fan base is going to turn out. It's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. It's going to be hostile. And uh, Jalen Hurts has never beaten the Cowboys. He's 0-2 against them. Um, 
got drilled last year in Dallas when they went down there. He threw a pick six. And then, of course, when the Cowboys came here, the game was essentially meaningless for the Eagles. They were already in the playoffs. They couldn't improve their seed any, so they played all their starters. And, you know, Dallas played all their first-string guys. They weren't going anywhere, and they scored 51 points against the Eagles, embarrassed them. But um, the Eagles aren't using that as any motivation or anything. They understand what the situation was in that game. But, you know, Cooper Rush is playing well, right? He's 4-0 and since Dak Prescott went out. Um, and I think that's the key to the, key to the game is they're going to have to stop they're going to have to pressure uh, pressure him, Cooper Rush. They're going to have to try to sack him. And, you know, we saw the Eagles make life miserable for Carson Wentz, nine sacks two weeks ago. Trevor Lawrence, when he came through here with the Jags, they forced five fumble or five turnovers from Trevor Lawrence, which was abysmal. Um, so, you know, that's what I expect them to do is try to make life miserable for Cooper Rush and give the Cowboys a reason to go back to Dak Prescott next week. Because I'm not so sure Prescott couldn't have played this week, but I think they're still riding with Cooper Rush because he's on this little hot streak. So, you know, that's a big key to the game. And then, of course, this Dallas defense hasn't given up more than 19 points in a game. The Eagles are one of the best offenses in the league. Um, I think they're second overall in total offense. Uh, So, you know, what's going to crack first, the Dallas defense or the Eagles offense? Are they going to keep rolling? And I, I suspect they'll be able to crack 19 points. I think they will. And then it's mm-hmm. going to be up to the Dallas offense, which isn't very good, I don't think. They're not, they don't score a lot of points. Uh, they're going to have to try to keep up, and we'll see if they can. But the Eagles are favored by six points for a reason. And, uh, you know, I could see the Eagles, you know, maybe covering that spread. I'm not sure they will, but I think they'll win the game um, and get the 6-0, and which is really amazing. And then they have a bye next week. They don't play next week, so they'd be sitting at 6-0. and you know, heading into the final weekend of October, I think, so uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, it's a big game, obviously. Uh, Eagles lose their 5-1, and one, tied with Dallas for the NFC East. Of course, the Giants are right there at 4-1. and one. They have a big game against mm-hmm. Baltimore this weekend. So, NFC East is back. You know, it's the best division in football right now. Back, baby. Yeah. Hi, caller. Who's this? Hey, Ben. Hi, who's this? My name is Billy. I'm from Alabama there. And uh, I, go, I got a couple uh, comments there on the Dallas Cowboys. There. And I believe go, they could go right ahead. Name. Billy from Alabama. You, well, I know you've called before, but go ahead. What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on, on the Dallas uh, Eagles Cooper, game? Cooper, or Alabama shut game? Shut the fuck up. I believe Cooper Rush <laughs> wears a pony white hat. Well, you never know what you're going to get on a Saturday morning when you get a, a live color. So, uh, I apologize about the language there, but hey, we we abruptly ended that call. Sorry about that, Ed. Did not I, I, I thought we may have somebody worth having a conversation with, but that's that's yeah. neither here nor there. <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, you know, I control the Dallas players from Alabama. So. You know, there's some good players on both these teams from Alabama. You know, Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> you know, great cornerback. Um, Eagles have Hurts, who played there, and Landon Dickerson and Devontae Smith. So, yeah, well, you know, good luck to whoever Billy's rooting for there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's <laughs> – oh, man. Let's uh, – let's, uh, I got I to gotta regroup here. Let's, talk, let's go through some of the games. Uh, let's talk about the Colts, the Colts-Jaguars, and, of course, put my homer hat on here. Jaguars coming into – uh, Indianapolis, you know, on paper, you know, the Jaguars aren't that good of a team. 
But for some reason, they have our number, and they're going to be at home. I, I hope that we can do the same thing against the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, tomorrow uh, that we did at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, no, and, and everyone had us written out and off the board for that game, but it did not happen. We need this win. We need a lot of wins, but this is a big one. This is a score uh, uh, settler, if you will. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, it's at least it's in Indianapolis. You know, Colts don't play well in Jacksonville for whatever reason. It's not, you know, it's not like some, you know, hard to play in venue, but some teams just have have your number at their home field. So it's good it's in Indianapolis. Colts, of course, have to figure out a way to score a touchdown, right? Let's start there. I mean, let's put up a touchdown and then try to put up another. I think it's been – I know they didn't score any in that Thursday night game against uh, the Broncos, right? Um, I think it's been five quarters since they've scored a touchdown. And in a, in a league like the NFL, you, you better be able to score touchdowns or you're just not going to win a lot of games. So that's going to be the challenge is let's start with a touchdown. Let's get, you know, get one early, get one on the first drive, whenever that is, you know, get those 15 scripted plays that most teams like to use 15, 20 scripted plays and make sure they work and get in the end zone um, and, and get a lead. Cause then you make Trevor Lawrence have to play some catch up. And I, you know, as much as I think he's going to be a good quarterback, I don't think he's there yet. Um, but this, this Jags defense is pretty fast. It's, you know, the Eagles, when they beat them, uh, they just kind of went right. They ran right at them. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor is going to be available. So, you know, I think that's the key is you want to try to pound that ball between the tackles, run the ball well, because you don't want to try to get outside against them is tough because they have really quick players. You know, they have obviously Josh Allen out there on the edge. And they have, uh, you know, Devin Lloyd, the rookie linebacker, who I really like a lot. I think he's a really good player, and he's good going sideline to sideline. So the Colts have to, I think, run the ball right at him. That's what the Eagles did. They just dominated up front. They they were the number one run defense coming in the Jags, and the Eagles stuck 210 on them on the ground. So that's what you have to do, I think, is just pound that ball. And Jonathan Taylor's built to do that. I think that would help this offensive line, which is not, you know, playing really well right now. So if you can run the ball, you know, Matt Ryan only threw 25 passes. I think, you you know, you'll be successful. All right. Well, let's uh, kind of walk around the league. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Also, guys, just keep reminding, just keep uh, keep uh, uh, on the top of your mind, our website, www. I'm going to just have to spell it out like old school, but www.balancesportscast.com. Actually, just balancesportscast.com. Go check it out. It's not perfect, but we've got everything from football to the MLB. So we've got coverage on there from the MLB in both of the NLCS and ALCS. Can't talk today. Uh, Check that out, guys. And, and here's another thing. Great that you're listening to our podcast or, or you're listening to us live. But if you listen, if you go to the website, it's right there. Every episode is right there. So if you want to go back and look at some of the archive shows or some of the old shows, good, bad, or indifferent, they're all right there. You just have to uh, click the play button and, and you're off and running. So we did a great job with that. Uh, and I, I do appreciate Steve Wilson. Uh, for helping me out with that. I, you know, he's a good friend of the show. He's uh, the editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com. And if anybody knows how to build a website to success, it is him. So I appreciate him being the webmaster for us and helping us get this launched. But again, a lot of work to do on it. And, and Ed, we, we hope that we can talk with you about getting uh, 
some of your podcasts and stuff on there. So we'll, we'll talk about that offline. But let's walk let's, okay. let's walk around the league here with the with the NFL. Let's talk about really a sucky Commanders with Carson Wentz. Um, but yet they managed to pull off a win on the road against the Bears and a fairly decent win. Uh, recaps uh, from Thursday night, if you have any, sir. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> my takeaway is Justin Fields, man. What What's going on there? Why can't they figure out how to unlock this guy's potential? He just looks like another Big Ten quarterback that's going to wash out. You know, the Big Ten doesn't have many successful quarterbacks in the NFL. And, you know, that calls open C.J. Stroud. You know, he's the, the hot talk. Uh, this year, but man, I've seen some of those Ohio State games, and he's just throwing the wide open guys. I mean, I and Ohio State has really good receivers. They've had several of them for years that have gone into the league. So, uh, you know, is Justin Fields just you know a product of that system? Just another Big Ten quarterback? I I don't understand why they can't unlock him. To me, it looks like he can play, but man, he's just not getting the job done. And I I'm a little disappointed with that. I thought he'd be better. Um, yeah, I don't know who's coaching him or what they're coaching him, but. It's not working, that's for sure. And then the other side, of course, <laughs> went, so, you know, what can you say about him? He's just hanging on at this point, I think. But, again, the NFC East, you know, the, the commanders have lost four games, and two of them were within the division. The Eagles and the Cowboys have both beaten them. So, you know, they're getting beat up in the NFC East. But outside of it, they're 2-2. Two and two. So, you know, that's pretty, you know, respective. But, listen, there's always turmoil in Washington. We saw Ron Rivera storm off in his press conference because there were reports that uh, it was the owner, Daniel Snyder, who wanted Carson Wentz and not Ron Rivera. So, I mean, it's just the one dysfunction after another in Washington. And until Daniel Snyder uh, sells the team or does whatever, if he's still in the league, it's just going to be more of the same. They're not going to be, you know, that championship team that – you know, Washington fans saw years and years ago. So, you know, it's a shame, but that's just the way it is. So let's talk about the Ravens and the Giants. As we just talked about the uh, the Giants are doing a, a great job in the NFC. Uh, in, the, in the Ravens, you know, you can never outrule them in the AFC. This is a great uh, matchup this weekend. And I really want to probably one of the games that you want to look at. But the, the Ra- Ravens and the Giants, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think weren't the Ravens, uh, Adam Jivden, our friend Adam Jivden's pick to go to the Super Bowl this year, kind of a surprise pick. I, I think it was him, uh, you know, maybe not, but I think I remember him showing a lot of love to the Ravens. And, yeah, I know it's early and everything, but, and the Ravens are still a lot of time to figure it out. Lamar Jackson's playing really well. Um, but, boy, their defense has to find a way to play better, uh, you know, to me. And, um, you know, the 3-2, and two, the Giants surprising everybody at 4-1, and one, big win against the Packers. Uh, you know, it's in, in New Jersey. Uh, Ravens are coming there. It's a short trip, obviously, up from Baltimore. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a good game. And, you know, I think, you know, the Giants can keep this thing rolling and get the 5-1. and one. They're really relying on Saquon Barkley uh, to kind of control the ball and then have Daniel Jones make some plays and in the passing game. And he's done a nice job. I mean, he's going to care of the football better than he has in previous years. Brian Dayball has been playing really well. Um, so I'm not sure the Giants are a fluke. I, I think they're going to they're, they're going to find a way to win this game at home and get the five and one. And you know, listen, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles, uh, three teams at five and one in the NFC East, that's that's pretty remarkable. But um, yeah, I think, still think the Ravens are good, and I think it's going to be a good game. Well, you know, the the Giants have a few Raven players. You know, one of the biggest is the Jihad Ward guy, who also played for Jim Harbaugh on the Ravens. So. 
they know a little something about, you know, the Ravens and how to beat that. So I, I, I think this to be a good game for the, uh, for the Ravens to, to, to win. Let's, let's talk yeah. about this but, you know, game. What, I was going to say Wink Martindale too. He's, you know, the former Ravens uh, defensive coordinator. He's now with the Giants as their defensive coordinator, uh, Wink Martindale. So he knows a little something about this Ravens team. And I think that's advantage Giants. Let's talk a little bit about the Jets at the Packers. It's going to be a kind of a cold day. It's been, I, I uh, have a colleague in Green Bay and said they were getting some snow yesterday. It's not going to be frozen tundra type snow, but it's always fun to watch football in October and November and December uh, with, when, in, in outdoor stadiums. But anyway, the Jets, the Packers, what are your thoughts on that? Aaron Rodgers, obviously, uh, with the Packers there at home. J-E-T-S. Jets, 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 playing well, man. Three wins in five games. That's, uh, that's a turnaround for them. Zach Wilson's playing well. I mean, I, I like the way the Jets are playing um, under Robert Saleh. I mean, they've, they've done some good things in the draft the past few years, and now it's paying dividends. I mean, Zach Wilson, to me, I mean, he's playing better than he ever has. Second year in the league, coming off the knee injury he had in Philadelphia in that preseason game, and, he, you know, he's done pretty well. So, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Packers, but I think they hold serve at home. You know, Aaron Rodgers, just, you know, I don't know who his receiving core is from week to week. I mean, he's just kind of getting it done really with, you know, chicken wire and duct tape, if you ask me. I think the Patriots are just kind of uh, – <laughs> I, I just think they're, they're, they're just a team that's slightly above average at this point, and I just don't think there's a good enough receiving core. I think they have some issues on defense, so – uh, again, I think it's going to be another good game. I mean, it's a good slate of games on Sunday and Monday, um, and, and this is one of them. I mean, I think the Jets could go into Lambeau and win it, but I'd be surprised. I, I think the Packers somehow find a way to hold serve, and they're, they're favored, I think, by a touchdown, so they're supposed to job done, but I think the Jets will make a make a hard time of it for them. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, NSI.com. I know you only can be here for a few more minutes as you got to get to your own podcast. But do you think the Denver Broncos have a coaching problem, Nathaniel Hackett? 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 Yeah. 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 Hackett. Yeah, I do. Um, but listen, I would have said the same thing last year when the Eagles, with Nick Sirianni and his maiden voyage into the NFL, were 2 and 5. And uh, he somehow kept the Eagles together, and they ended up you know, with nine wins and getting into the playoffs. So I'm not saying fire Hackett here midstream. I think you got to give him a chance to turn this around. But, um, you know, listen, that offense, you know, he's supposed to be an offensive mind, and their offense has been just, you know, horrible. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know if him and Russell Wilson aren't on the same page, but the NFL thought a lot of the Broncos. They put them on national television, it seems, every single week. Uh, you know, we got to watch them again on Monday night against the Chargers. But, yeah, I think you got to give Hackett time to turn this around. I mean, like I said, if the Eagles would have uh, reacted in a panic mode last year with Nick Sirianni, they would have fired him at 2-5. and five. And now, you know, he's probably one of the candidates for Coach of the Year right now, early, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's certainly turned things around. So I think you got to give Hackett time. You just can't you know, react quickly and, and panic and get can him. I think you got him given the year to turn it around. He better turn it around or he might be a one and done coach. We're talking with Ed Kratz. Let's talk a little bit about our, our guy, the queen, Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> did you see the meme that I, that I posted or shared? I think I even shared it with you. It says that uh, Giselle could not make Tom Brady. Could, 
yeah, couldn't treat Tom Brady as good as the rest do. Uh, I, 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 I am concerned about that roughing passer of the call with, with uh, uh, I believe it was Grady Jarrett, but also in that play, Tom Brady kicked um, Jar- uh, kicked uh, Grady Jarrett, and nothing was said, no penalty was called at that time. Now, hence been, it's over with, Tom Brady has been fined $11,139 in my God, do we have to put up a, a GoFundMe page to help pay for that for for poor Tom Brady? But but I, I mean, really, it was, I've I've looked at that play. I don't see it being as bad as the refs thought it was. I mean, he was tackled, yes, but sacked, yes. But I don't I don't see that it was roughing the passer. But point being is uh, that call is a direct link to to Tampa Bay's win. That's the second time this year that's happened. So, I mean, I mean, we we talk about this in other sports, like with LeBron James and stuff. Are 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 the refs handling Tom Brady with kid gloves? Well, yeah, I think they are. Um, that that was just such a bad call. And then, you know, then Monday night we see another one with Chris Jones. The Chiefs comes in, sacks Derek Carr, and you know, strip sacks him, takes the ball away, and then tries to brace himself as he's falling to the ground, and they call a roughing the passer there, and I. Maybe that one's a little bit more. You can explain it away as the weight, you know, the weight of the defender landing on top of the quarterback. But I, I don't know what a defender is supposed to do in that situation. And you know, I talked to Hassan Reddick, the Eagles' pass rusher, leads the team in sacks four and a half this year about it. And you know, he said the same thing. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, fans want to see us go out and play football. So let us go out and play football. Uh, but yeah, to answer your question, sure, Brady's being protected by the refs, and that was just uh, unforgivable. I think it was Jerome Bogart, the referee that made that call. And, you know, I don't know what game he's working this weekend, but should he even be working a game? Probably not. I mean, that was just a terrible call. And there's yep. no accountability for these refs in some of these cases. Uh, and, and I don't know how Tom Brady gets away with it. I know he's a 45-year-old man and, uh, you know, been playing 20-plus years, but he shouldn't have any more special treatment than, you know, anyone, any other quarterback in this league. I totally agree. Ed Kratz, uh, get ready to go do your podcast. Uh, it, it, can people listen to that live, or is it just posted on your website? What's, what are you guys talking about? And tell us how we can listen to the great Ed Kratz, his, his podcast. By the way, you've got to, you've got well, to invite I, I me on there at been, some point. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, listen, I, me and uh, I have a, a fellow co-host who, who helps me with it and produces it for me. I, I do. I typically do two a week with him. I do a recap coming out of the weekend uh, to talk about the previous game and then kind of a preview. And um, he just sent me a text now said he doesn't have power in his house right now, so we may be delayed on this one. But um, yeah, we 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 well, uh, if you if, if you if if you want to set out the power <laughs> delay with us, you you can set it sit here with us and we can go through a few more games. It's up to you. Yeah, well, totally I, can, I can hang for another. I can hang for another couple minutes, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so yeah, it's called Eagles Unfiltered. Uh, in, in some places, it's called Hungry Dogs Run Faster. Uh, but you can find it all on Spotify, YouTube, you know, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And I and I do put a put a link to <clears throat> to all of it on my website, uh, you know, which is si dot com backslash nfl backslash eagles. So you can go in there and find the story and click on the story and hit the link inside the story. So, uh, you know, there's, there's ways to get to it and, um, you know, just enjoy doing it. Well, you know, we love, we love doing the podcast. It's a lot of fun. So we'll make sure that we definitely get your links up on our social media. And, uh, you know, again, check out our website at 
sportscast.com. When we post something on Twitter, it's gonna there's a direct feed to, to there as well. Uh, so uh, excited about that. So let's go into some of these other games. You can just holler at me when uh, the power's back on, and we'll and we'll <laughs> we'll let you go. Uh, but okay. uh, you know, you've heard of if you heard of rain delay, you've heard of lightning delays. Now, now it's power delays. <laughs> right, that's right. It's always something. It's always something. So let's talk a little bit about the 49ers and the Falcons. The 49ers are struggling with the quarterback situation, and the Falcons. You know, they're, they're not so bad, but they're not so good. And really, they're kind of in that line of sight where you think you don't want to be at, you don't want to be mediocre because you either want to be really bad or really good. That mediocre, lukewarm is, is a bad situation, which is where I think the Falcons are finding themselves at now. But, but certainly the 49ers are on the road with their own problems as well. So the 49ers and the Falcons. The 49ers defense is really good. Um you know, uh, and I just, I don't know. Uh, Arthur Smith, the, the second-year coach, I mean, he's doing his best job as he can, I guess. You know, he's got Marcus Mariota. doesn't really have a you – know, he's a recycled former first-rounder. You know, they have issues on defense, the Falcons. Um, it, it's always tough, though, when a team goes across country, obviously, like the 49ers are doing here uh, going into Atlanta for this game. But, well, I, I just don't know how – the Falcons are going to be able to pitch against this defense to, to get the job done. It's really the defense that's carrying this Niners team. I mean, they're sitting at what, I think three and two and uh, you know, have Jimmy G now kind of trying to find his way in, in, in the offense that he took to the NFC championship game last year. And I, I think that's kind of evolving to into that kind of offense that we saw last year. You know, Jimmy G didn't do anything in training camp. This was going to be Trey Lance's team until Lance got hurt early. And, you know, fortunately the Niners did re-sign Jimmy G. Everybody thought he'd be traded. So, you know, I think this team will come around and probably in November and December, it wouldn't surprise me if they're, you know, one of the top couple teams in the NFC, you know, based on that defense. Defense comes to play every week. D'Amico Ryans is the defensive coordinator. He might be the hot name in the offseason as a head coach. I know teams – don't always hire defensive guys to be head coaches anymore, but there are a segment of teams that will hire a defensive coach. So, you know, maybe he gets some love for that. I mean, he's a young guy. It seemed like he was just playing not that long ago. He played here in Philly for a few years at middle linebacker. He started his career in Houston with the Texans. Uh, was a rookie of the year uh, back in his playing days. I mean, he's a good player, good guy, and now he's a good defensive coordinator. And, you know, I think a, a smart organization would look at him as a head coach. But, that said, I think the Niners defense comes to play every week. I think they'll be better than the Falcons, even though they're traveling, you know, whatever, 3,200 miles to get down to the deep south there in Atlanta. Well, uh, another game that to, to take a look at, let's go back to talk about Tom Brady. The Pittsburgh Steelers uh, will face Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. But they've got some significant injuries on, on with the with the Steelers, you know, for their significant uh, contributors in the secondary, including uh, Manika Fitzpatrick. I think I said that first name right, but maybe not. But but was not the only one ruled out because of a knee injury. You got you have Cam Sutton and Witherspoon and Levi Wallace with a concussion. All the Steelers' three top cor- corners were all ruled out uh, in, in the final injury report on Friday. That's got to be concerning to Steelers fans. And, well, <laughs> we hate to say it, but here we go again. Uh, the, the Buccaneers will get a, get a win on the road, and that, and that could be a contributing factor to that. What are your, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's going to be hard to play defense against Tom Brady when your secondary, you, you won't know any of the names, you know, lining up at safety and cornerback. Um, so, yeah, that's a concern. And then, you know, so, yeah, Brady should probably get a win here. I think they're heavy favorites to win in Pittsburgh. I mean, the wheels are off in Pittsburgh, let's face it. You know, they're going to fall to one and four, I think. Um, you know, last week in Buffalo, my goodness, I, that line going into that game was 14 points, and I hate picking, you know, and I don't really pick or gamble or anything, but people were asking me who <laughs> I was taking that game. And, you know, I'm like, boy, 14 points is a, is a lot of points to give up in an NFL game. And so I said I'd be hesitant to do that. I think the Steelers are a bunch of professional guys that, you know, are going to go out and play with pride. And they went out and rolled over like dogs, 38-3. to three. I know Buffalo is good, but you have to you have to be better than that, you know. I, and they weren't. And, you know, Mike Tomlin's now looking at his first sub-500 season in whatever 15 years he's been in Pittsburgh or something like that. So, you know, I give him a pass. I just don't think that organizationally they have the right players. So um, Kenny Pickett, is he the right guy at quarterback? I don't know. People seem to, you know, I want to see young quarterbacks come in and do well. You know, you want to see that kind of next wave uh, for whenever the day comes at Brady and Rodgers and Matt Ryan and, you know, some of these older guys call it a career. So you want to see young quarterbacks do well. Um, but I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure he's the guy. Um, the Steelers have spent a lot of picks on receivers, Chase Claypool, and in the second round when I thought they were going to take Jalen Hurts and prepare for the day when Ben Roethlisberger was done, and maybe they should have because Hurts would be ready to hit the ground and he would really help that team. But they went with Chase Claypool. They drafted George Pickens last year. I mean, at some point you have to address your offensive line, your defensive line's aging. I know T.J. Watt's not playing. Uh, but, you know, really one man in a team sport isn't going to account for, you know, a four and one record or a three and two record at this point. I mean, right now they're struggling at the Steelers. And, you know, to me, it looks like they're just headed for a top five, ten draft pick. Uh, I think the Bucks will win this game easily without the secondary being in place. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. That's that's my point. I, I should, you know, I'm the same way with the Yankees. You know, I shouldn't be rooting against or wishing or being such a hater, but I, I I don't mind the Buccaneers. I just don't like Tom Brady. That probably just goes uh, deep from when he was with the Patriots and uh, with the Colts. But so, yeah, anytime we got it's just like we're talking about earlier today with, with Alabama and Tennessee. I mean, Melissa's a big uh, Vols fan. We'll have that game on here and, and, uh, you know, hoping for a Vols win at home. Certainly they're doing very well, but you can't, you can't rule out Alabama and everybody has to, hates to say that, but yeah. Unfortunately, I think you're right on that. The, the Bucks do get a win. Let's talk a little bit about a team. Uh, speaking of a team that I'd like to see lose, and that's the New England Patriots. I I wish it was happening when when we were winning uh, and uh, Tom Brady was there again. But nonetheless, the Patriots are off to a really bad start, and so are the Browns for that matter. And we didn't get a chance to talk about the Browns with Adam earlier or we'd still be talking about the Browns but uh, <laughs> but I, this is going to be a tight game I mean I bet just within a point 27-26 that would be my, my thing there is a chance Mac Jones could be back to the quarterback for the Patriots if not uh, you know it'll be zappy again but the way the Browns defense is playing it, it may not matter I mean Cleveland will, will use its running back again to move the football but New England's uh, uh, defense uh, it's coming off of a shutout, and you know that's uh, Bill Belichick. He's gonna he's gonna fix what needs to be fixed, someone one way or the other. 
again, like I, I, I think the Patriots will stay very close in this game, but I think the Browns might get a win on the road. Be <laughs> close win. Yeah. Be an ugly win. Yeah, the Browns are home. I think, aren't they? Uh, oh, they might be. But you're right. They I th- are. I think they, they are. are. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, with the Browns, just they, they should have a couple more wins now. I mean, they they blew that game against the Jets, right? Gave up, you know, a thousand points in the last two minutes or whatever it was, and then uh, you know, last week against the Chargers, they're in field goal range. They're moving the ball, looking like they could even win the game with a touchdown, but certainly in field goal range late. And then you know, Jacoby Brissett throws that ridiculous interception. Gives the win to the Chargers. I mean, the Browns are just, you know, one of those snake bit franchises, it seems, that, you know, just can't seem to get over the hump. And, you know, the Patriots are, you know, obviously they're not the Patriots of, of yesteryear. Um, and, and Bailey Zappi has, you know, kind of surprised a few people. Fourth round pick coming in and, and playing, you know, pretty well. In, in a group of quarterbacks that wasn't believed to be really good. So, I, you know, Mac Jones, yeah, that would help, I guess. But uh, I think the Patriots will, will find a way to win this game just because, I, I, you know, the Browns have to show me that they can show some heart late in games and find a way to win, and they're just not doing that right now. And mm-hmm. I expect this to be a close game. And if the, the Browns kind of roll over at the end like they have in, the, in, in a couple of these losses, then, you know, it's going to be more of the same. So, yeah, the Patriots, I think, will find a way to win this game on the road. Well, and and again, I think you're right about that. Uh, I mean, again, I think it's going to be a, a close game. But, yeah, Bill Belichick finds ways to fix holes and, and fix things. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Another team that I, 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 I kind of thought would be a lot better at this time of the year, but they're not, and that's the New Orleans Saints. And they're they're saddling up Andy Dalton to be the quarterback against the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. Of course, Cincinnati Bengals are the defending Super Bowl champ, and they're not really necessarily uh, falling into that Super Bowl hangover, as you know, oh, too well. Uh, but uh, the Saints will also be without wide receiver uh, Michael Thomas and Jar- Jarvis Landry and DeAndre Hardy. Hardy and uh, Lattimore has been ruled out as well. Uh, so, uh, and then Chris Olave is is in concussion protocol call, so that's questionable. So the Saints just uh, they they've got too many holes to fix, and you know I, I think the Bengals will uh, take advantage of that Achilles heel that they've got going on right now. And I don't know that Andy Andy Dalton is their is their is their savior, if you, if you will, but. Uh, We'll see if they get back Jamison Winston. I think he returned to practice this week, so uh, he's, he's, he's going to miss this week. So we'll see what happens next week. And Andy Dalton, you know, he was a, he was a for, former Bengal too. So uh, I don't know if that's going to make any difference, but uh, I, I, I just think that the Bengals are a little bit too much for the Saints to chew off right now based on what I've seen. Yeah, Saints had a nice win against the Seahawks, I think it was, last week. So, um you know, here in Philadelphia, of course, when we talked about this, the Eagles own the first-round pick for the Saints. So everybody in Philly is rooting hard for the Saints to lose every single week. So the Eagles have a, another top five or ten pick. Um, somehow, Howie Roseman still keeps getting these these first-round picks from other teams. Last year they had the Colts for Carson Wentz, which is, you know, right. that might be down as one of the best trades Howie Roseman's ever made. Um, of course, getting A.J. Brown this year helps, too, uh, from the Titans, who really miss him, and he's been great for Philadelphia. But 
Uh, I digress. Uh, you know, I thought the I wasn't really sold on the Saints to be honest coming into this year. I mean, Jameis Winston to me is you know an average quarterback, and I thought a lot had to go right for him to have success. I know he had some weapons, but you know here he is hurt again. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure how much of a difference he'd make. The Saints really need their defense to step up, and they haven't really quite done that yet. So. To me, the bigger surprise is the Bengals sitting at two and three. I thought they would be better, but, you know, we don't see it too often where a team that loses the Super Bowl comes back and puts together another Super Bowl-type season the next year. I mean, we saw it. The Patriots, I think, did it. When the Eagles beat them in 2017, the Patriots won it in 2016. The Eagles beat them in the Super Bowl in 2017, and then the Patriots come back in 2018 and win it again. Um, they would have had three in a row there had the Eagles not interrupted that, but uh, we haven't seen it often where a team that loses the Super Bowl comes back with that same energy and that same urgency the following year. But I thought the Bengals would be better. I mean, they're still a young core, so I thought, you know, there's a chance that they can put together a good season, and they still might. I mean, two and three is five games in isn't, you know, dreadful or anything. And if they want to turn it around, this is a game I think they need to win. Again, it seems like I'm picking a lot of road teams here <laughs> going in. But, you know, I, I like the Bengals to come away with the win here, um, you know, in the in the Superdome there in New Orleans. So I just think they have a good core that should be playing better. Uh, you know, they re- rebuilt that offensive line, and Joe Burrow's getting knocked around just as much as he did last year. That's not a good sign. But, you know, I still like that Jamar Chase, you know, uh, T. Higgins, uh, Boyd, uh, the other receiver. I mean, I love that core. So, you know, they sh- I-, I think they should be able to put up some points against the Saints, even though their defense is, is pretty decent. And we'll see if New Orleans can score. I mean, I like Andy Dalton as a quarterback. You know, he's better than Jameis Winston. So maybe the Saints will be better with him playing quarterback. So, but again, I think the Bengals find a way to win on the road. Another road team I'm picking, Tom. I don't. I'm Another road team. To- yeah, it's a bad friend. I got to reverse that. Well, let, let's go. Let's go down south to Charlotte. My granddaughter's favorite team, the Panthers. Obviously, they fired head coach Matt Rule after just a one and four start, which is kind of shocking that they they made that decision so quickly. But you know, Steve Wilkes is at the helm. He's you know, uh, he he uh, accepted an interim coach, uh, but uh, I, I guess the. How do I how do I word this? The media is just like okay, he should be the permanent coach because he's black. Maybe he should be the permanent coach because he's the right person for the job. But I don't think that the ownership there is going to go with him because he's not the right man for the job. And they're getting all kinds of of uh, media, especially on the national stage, that you know, hey, he needs to be the head coach of Carolina Panthers. I don't want to make it a, a white versus black sort of thing. I do believe we need to have more black head coaches in the league. But, I mean, if you're the owner, David Tepper, are you looking at, okay, well, he's he's black. Let's just make him our head coach. And, you know, we have enough trust in him to be our interim coach, but we don't have enough trust in him to be the full-time coach. So our soap opera box uh, of the week would be that. Uh, that I mean, does does uh, Steve Wilkes have the right to be the head coach because he's black or because he's the right man for the job? Uh, yeah, let's see how these next 12 games play out. I mean, Carolina's one and four. Um, it sounds like they're going to have a fire sale real soon before the trade deadline, which is November mm-hmm. 1st. 
So are they going to, you know, handcuff him by trading away, you know, Christian McCafferty, which, you know, there's talk the Eagles are looking at him. Brian Burns, great pass rusher. Again, another player the Eagles would probably like to have. Um, But, you know, they're going to start trading away, I think, some of their top end players. And, you know, that's going to hamstring things more for Steve Wilkes. We saw Wilkes was a one-and-done coach, I think, in in Arizona uh, with the Cardinals. Um, didn't get more than a one year as a head coach. So, you know, I think, the, you know, let's not anoint him the head coach here on October or whatever today is, the 15th or so, 16th, whatever it is. You know, he's uh, he's got to go out and win some games, you know, no matter who he has at his disposal. If he goes 12-0 and the rest of the way and they finish 13-4, and which is not going to happen, then, yeah, make him the head coach. You know, we'll <laughs> All will be forgotten at that point. Yeah, everything's for sure. I don't, it doesn't matter, you know, white, black, whatever he is. If he's winning games, yeah, make him your head coach. But I, I just don't think he's going to win games. And, you know, there's going to be turnover in Carolina. And I think that starts, too, with the coach. And they could go out and hire, you know, a, a, an African-American coach if they want to do that. You know, uh, there's some good ones out there. Byron Leftwich, I think probably would be a good candidate. I mentioned D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco. I mean, to me, these guys are qualified and maybe Wilkes is too. Uh, but again, it's, this is kind of an audition for him. And Hey, I hate to keep comparing things to Philadelphia, but you know, Rob Thompson, their manager came in when Joe Girardi got fired. The Phillies are sitting at 21 and 29 and Rob Thompson comes in and turns this thing around and puts the Phillies in the playoffs and one game away from the NLCS. So he earned a two-year contract. He was the interim manager, and they just signed him to a new two-year deal last year. And, again, you know, if it, white or black, I mean, I don't think it mattered. I mean, the guy was qualified and showed he did the job. So same with Steve Wilkes. I mean, if you show you can win some games with this roster and with this culture that Matt Rule left behind, then sure, make him the head coach. But I just – I'm not sure that's going to happen. And today – or I'm sorry, Sunday against the Rams team going to be it's tough, 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 tough sledding there. You know, I mean the Rams are struggling two and three Super Bowl team. Obviously the hangover is real, uh, but plenty of season for them to get it turned around, and it has to start with a win over a Panthers team going in the wrong direction. Well, one thing that may help him, Cam Akers is out, um, and he's working through some things. I don't know really what it is. Uh, he he's out, uh, I believe, for a personal matter, uh, so that could help. That could certainly help uh, the the Panthers get a win, uh, but uh, uh, I, I, Sean McVay really hasn't been very voice boisterous about um, Sean McVay and his future. So I, I think there's something to brew in there. Not sure what that might be, but uh, certainly that'll 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 help them, if 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 you will. Yeah, Crash, Cam Akers, you're go talking ahead. about. Yeah, yeah, Cam Akers. Yeah, yeah I guess sorry, they're yeah. thinking he's going to get traded. I mean, I don't know. I mean, running backs are are hard to trade, you know. And again, Christian McCaffrey can the can the Panthers trade him? I mean, you know, running backs are looked at as a dime a dozen. Now I know McCaffrey's got you know a pretty good resume. Of course, he's got a lot of injuries. And Cam Akers uh, had a really good season last year. Kind of has been disappointing this year. So maybe they're trying to trade him. I don't know. But yeah, the Rams have some stuff to figure out, and I think they figured out against the Panthers. Uh, so sorry for your granddaughter, man. Uh, <laughs> and I'm also picking a home team. How about that? I reversed the trend. I'm going with a home there team. There you go. Picking the Rams are at home. Yeah. There you go. 
There you go. Um, well, um, how are you doing on the power? You got to you gonna have to boogie? No, it's it's not looking good. It might have to. We might have to do it tonight if I can squeeze it in. I'm not sure I can, but yeah, he's he's still okay. without power. But I I do need another cup of coffee. So if we can, maybe okay. another game here. I can. Yeah. Okay. No, I I I guess I was just gonna kind of go through some some teams that I think might really are on the panic button, and I'm gonna put yeah. my homework card back on. The Indianapolis Colts uh, is—they're is, still trying to figure it out at quarterback, or at least make a bolder move for a player on a higher upside. It's a mess. It's a mess. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, obviously an elite back. Um, what the heck happened to the pass defense, which ranks 21st in 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 the in the league? You know, here, here's the thing. What should we should be worried about is Frank Ballard's job, but I'm not because they're going to keep keep him on board. Frank Rogg's going to keep his his job at least so far, but it does not look like it's going anywhere this season, and the clock might soon start to run out, especially especially if the Titans and the Jaguars get on the run and start doing well. But honestly, and I, we heard this on local media yesterday. They were talking about it, and I, I honestly believe that by default, if you will, that the Indianapolis Colts will win the division because the AFC South sucks that bad. Now, that's, that's good. We want to say, hey, we finally won the AFC playoffs, but did we? Did we? And, then, you know, the Indianapolis Colts are I, – I, I mean – I, I think you know if you're looking, you know, out of out of top five panic buttons, they've got to be looking at the panic. I think the only team that maybe uh, is in worse of a situation, and they played each other last Thursday, and that's the Denver Broncos. And you know, Russell Wilson is not—he's just an outright disaster there in Denver. So I guess if we could say, is there a team that sucks worse than the Indianapolis Colts? It's the Denver Broncos. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Or, should, or is it just me with my Homer hat on here and just say, hey, you know, I, I, I was really excited when, Pat, when Matt Ryan came and everything started pieces coming together. But, I mean, it's like building this jigsaw puzzle. Somebody just picked up the table and just threw it across the room. And we don't know, we don't, we don't know where half the pieces are. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll get off <laughs> That's my good analogy. I, I, I like that analogy. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, they beat the Chiefs. I mean, come on, let's go. They beat the, they're fired up about that. That's a Frank Reich's <laughs> job. No, no, it's hard to beat the Chiefs. Um, but, yeah, I get Listen, to me, it all starts with the Colts. It, it starts at quarterback. Um, you, you can't sustain any kind of success as an organization when you start five different quarterbacks in five years. And when I talked about Jalen Hurts, I was surprised the Steelers not taking him back in 2020, going with Chase Claypool. You know, you could you could throw the Colts in there as well. They just haven't drafted a quarterback. I thought maybe the Colts would take Jalen Hurts back in 2020. I know they had a good pick with Jonathan Taylor, but listen, running backs are, are, are a dime a dozen. You know, you can find a running back anywhere. You you really need to spend a second round pick on him when you're looking at your quarterback spot and saying. All right, we just had for the third quarterback in three years. Philip Rivers not coming back. We need a quarterback, but they go out and they trade for Carson Wentz, and then they trade for or they sign Matt Ryan. You just don't have success when you have that much turnover at the most important position on the field. And until they figure that out, 
until they find someone to draft, maybe it would be better if the Colts didn't win the, the division. Maybe it would be better if they finished with five and six wins and then grab one of these quarterbacks in this class that's supposed to have great quarterbacks in it and start building from there. Um, that, to me, is where it starts. And until they figure that out, you know, you can talk about the pass defense and the offensive lines being leaky and, and this and that, but you know, they need to find a quarterback. And the fact they haven't done so and Chris Bowers, you know, reign there, that's on him. And, you know, I don't know if his job should be safe. You have to find a quarterback. And until they do it, I don't think it's ever going to get any better. Hello, Ed. Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> so sorry. I don't know. Something has been going on with my earbuds and my mic, so I'm, I had to switch things around and, and I lost the last five seconds that you said. What, what, what was the last five seconds that you said, sir? <laughs> uh, I was just talking about the Colts and the quarterback. Unless they find a quarterback, you know, I don't. I don't see things getting any better. You can't. You can't win consistently in this league when you can't figure it out at quarterback. Five quarterbacks in five years is just you know it's it's ridiculous to be honest. And until they figure it out, man, they got to draft somebody. And I said it might not be such a bad idea if they don't win the AFC South and they finish with six or seven wins because then you, you're putting yourself in the conversation of getting one of these quarterbacks coming into the league. It's supposed to be a great class, this and that. So bring in, bring in a rookie quarterback, develop him, and, and start there, turn things around there. And the fact they haven't done that is on Chris Ballard. You know, you can't run an organization with five different quarterbacks in five years. I just – it's not – it's not sustainable. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Sir, I'll let you go because I know you got to get some get some coffee in you, and I, I hope you're able to get your podcast done here soon, and we'll make sure that we get it posted up when you do. Uh, where can people find your work and, and, and masterpieces, sir, words of wisdom for us, sir? Yeah, at, on my site, si.com slash NFL slash Eagles, or uh, on Twitter at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E. I uh, post everything there, and I'm looking forward to your website. I was on it the other day and uh, looking around. A lot of information on that, for sure. I appreciate it. It's, it's a work in progress, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Got it. All right. All right, Ed. Have yourself a good weekend. And, uh, hey, fly, Eagles, fly, 6-0. and It's coming your way, buddy. <laughs> we'll see. We'll and, see. And, and, and the Phillies are going – the Phillies are going to be eight games away from the World Series uh, oh, soon. When that's amazing. Hey, so. That's the most amazing thing. You know, between 5-0 and oh Philly and the Phillies being where they are at, that, to me, I put the Phillies where they're at well, right now above that. But um, you know, we'll it, see. We'll see how it all NBA, plays out. The NBA is going to be starting soon. So, you know, we'll, we'll be watching the Pistons, see what happens there. That's a long way to go. Yeah, Sixers are another team that could end up in the finals. We'll see. I said Pistons, and I'm sorry. You're right, Sixers. I'm oh, yeah. losing my yeah, brain. No, Sixers. no, it's fine. I didn't even hear that, to be honest. I just All assumed right. you said Sixers. All right. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. I'll see you. Yep. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com, uh, joins us. And, you know, we had a little bit of audio problems, so just uh, join in with us and, and join the fun. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Yeah. 
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good.
All right, we are breaking news, breaking news here on the balance. Uh, we want to let you know that the website is up. Woo-hoo! com. Learn it. Learn it. Know it. Share it. www.thebalancesportscast.com. Our website is live and ready to go, and it is up and ready to go. And, yes, we know that there's some things to work, kinks to still work out, but we're getting there. We've come a long way. Thank you, Steve Wilson of SpeedwayDigest.com, who helped us build this site and, and get it kind of where we want it to be at. We much appreciate him. And he's not going to be able to join us today. Yeah, he has a funeral to go to, and so our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. Uh, but we are going to still do NASCAR, guys, because you know why? That's what we do here. And I am going to be your NASCAR host. It's Las Vegas, baby. Las Vegas. And, and, and you know, I, I shared it on, on Twitter, but it was so cool to see the Clydesdale going into the track. NASCAR Cup Series begins its playoff round of eight. Again in Las Vegas with eight drivers vying for a spot in Phoenix Championship race next month. And it's the youngest round of eight in the crop of history of the, of the Cup of Playoffs, if you will, with Christopher Bell. Tate Briscoe, and what can I just can I just say thank you to Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast who's sick and can't join us. He nailed the uh, Christopher Bell uh, pick for us on the DraftKings pick, and, and you know uh, he got a little commission off of it. No word. Chase Briscoe, William Byron, and Ross Chastain all are dancing this far for the first time. The youngest of of, of the round a round of eight, but I, I, I'm excited. This Christopher Bell, I mean, he has momentum. Winning last week in Charlotte to give him a free pass to advance to the 2020 Series Championship race. Uh, Chase Elliott comes in with a 20-point lead on top of point standings. So we've got the South Point 400 this weekend. We've got a lot going on. So today the qualifying for the Cup Series is uh, at 12:30. So we'll, we'll we'll get that up on that and see who gets the poll there. Um, but, you know, also we've got the Xfinity race. And, you know, that the Xfinity race has really did a – has been a very entertaining series to watch this year. been extremely entertaining to watch. And so I'm so uh, excited to see where these playoffs take us uh, because it's getting good. You know, as we say around here, it's, it, it's about to get good. It's about to get good. And so – Let's uh, talk, let's go into the standings real quick. I, I usually have my notes up here, so my fault, my fault, fall on the sword here. I got so excited with www.thebalancesportscast.com. That's our new website, www.balancesportscast.com. I digress for now, for now. But you know, as as we look at the the driver standings, and I had that up here. Sorry. But Anthony Alfredo, uh, Justin Allgaier, A.J. Allmendinger, Josh Berry, Brandon Brown, Jay Buford, and Jeb Burton, and uh, Landon Castle are all the top drivers in the Xfinity Series. And um, what's going on in that race, in that, in that championship, uh, certainly Chevy is dominating that particular um, series, if you will. A.J. Allmendinger, though, 
The Danger. He's to return to JR Motorsports full time in 2023. So exciting to see that that story come to play. Um, you know, Vegas is you know Vegas is the track. It's the home track for those that may or may not know uh, uh, for the for the Bush brothers, Kyle Bush and Kurt Bush. Uh, and cer- certainly, Kyle's been having some issues with his um, uh, uh, concussion protocol. Uh, so. Um, We'll go from there. You know, we're going to just kind of take our picks, maybe do some uh, prop picks, and we'll get that up on social media. But we are having some audio uh, issues, so I do want to have to say that we're going to have to probably go ahead and end this podcast today. Unfortunately, that's just the way the ball bounces. But, hey, uh, did you know that that there's a new website out there called www.thebalancesportscast.com? We're really excited to, to bring it to you guys. I cannot wait uh, to um, see if full tuition tuition <laughs> tuition. Are we paying for it? Yeah, we are paying for it. As a matter of fact, so if you want to sponsor, we've got some spots. We've got some spots. Um, and see, I can't I can't uh, talk and chew gum at the same time, um, but. We are having some audio issues here. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. Hate to cut this short, guys, but stay on our social media. Check us out on the website, www.thebalancedsportscast.com. Uh, the, uh, My name is Tom Marquis. Don't drink and drive. I'm out of here. Deuces. <laughs>